All right, and all God's people say it. Grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles, turn with me to the Old Testament, the book of Jeremiah. You, you should have it in your notes also, so it'll, it'll be there. And while the choir finds their place, I want to give you a little update, a little update on our Nigeria project. How many of y'all remember last year when uh, we raised the money to start training centers in Nigeria? How many of y'all remember that? All right, here, here's a few updates that we have. Our Northern Nigeria update. We have, we have identified 50 Pauls, that will be the people leading the training centers. We've identified 50 of them have been selected and launched in 50 locations. So, so far we have 50 different training centers in locations in northern Nigeria. Somebody say amen. We are prayerfully believing and expecting to see 1,000 churches planted through these 50 training centers. Now here's... Here's a prayer request, okay? Here's a prayer request. How many of y'all have been watching the news lately about everything that's going on? Uh, listen, the, the, the Fulani Muslims are killing people like crazy. Nigeria is one of the most difficult places to be a Christian on the whole planet. And this is where our training centers are. And, and you know, that's where Christ is needed the most, amen? Now, here's our prayer request. Please uplift the Nigerian leaders and church planners in your prayers. The training has been a little slower than expected as the Christians and churches in this region of northern Nigeria have come under severe persecution and great difficulties. Solomon, the national director of Nigeria, has communicated that more than 1,000 people have been killed or wounded in the last few months simply because of their Christian faith. 1,000 people. And yet they're still going and they're still preaching, they're still teaching, and they're still planting churches. Somebody, let's give God glory and praise right there. All right. I've got a couple pictures here. I've got a couple pictures here. This is one of the, this is, let's see, let me see what this is. This is one of the house churches. This is one of the house churches. All right. This is another house church. This is another one. All right. I think the next one is one of the training centers. Okay, there's another training center, and there's another training center. Now listen, all of that is because last year you made a sacrifice because seeing people come to Christ was more important than anything else. So I want you to give God praise and glory for what he's done through your sacrifice and through your giving. Amen? Amen. And all God's people said. Now let's look in Jeremiah 31, verse number 31. What I, what I plan to do today, uh, I'm not going to re-preach anything. I'm just going to emphasize, emphasize what we have received over our Bible conference. How many of y'all was here every single service of the Bible conference? Raise your hand. Every single service. Man, that's a great number. All right. Now listen, how many of y'all know we got a bunch of information all right, basically five hours worth of training. And I'm not going to give you all of that. I want to just take a few hot points from those five hours. In other words, after this conference, what do you need to know? What do you need to remember? The most important things from this. Now, obviously, I can't tell you all of it. It's all great stuff. But we've got 30 minutes to give you five hours worth. Say amen. So we're going to give you some hot points and, 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 and stuff that you need to put in the back of your mind and keep it there, all right? Look in Jeremiah 31, 31. We're talking about the new covenant. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a, new a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them out 
by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they, they broke it. All right, that was the covenant at Mount Sinai. Now, we'll talk about that in just a minute, okay? Now, we know they broke it. Although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will, I will. Now, if you look at your notes, if you look at your notes, I highlighted in bold and, and underlined all the I wills there, okay? That's very significant. We'll come back to that. I will make with the house of Israel, after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. <clears throat> and they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them saith the Lord for forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no and all God's people said, amen. Lord Jesus, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the, the mercy you have shown us and the grace that you have given us. Thank you for a, a full house this morning. I pray right now that you'll give me the ability as we review and rehash all the truths that we have seen this week. And Lord, I pray that we can concrete it in our mind and in our souls and just come to a greater appreciation of who you are and what you've done for us. And God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen, you may be seated. Last Sunday, uh, Brother Craig started out in the book of Job. He started out in the book of Job. Basically, he starts with a question. He began the Bible conference with a question, and then he spent the rest of the Bible conference answering the question he asked in the first service. Now, if you were here last week, you will remember the question was this. How can a man be just with God? Now, we know the word just means right, right? So let's just, let's just use the terms we would use. How can a man be right with God? Is it possible? Is it possible for a man to be right with God? Now, here's what I want to do. I want to give you three points. I want to give you three points and sum this up. First, look at the problem. That's number one, right? There's a problem. There's a problem. First, here's, here's the first part of this problem to answer this question. Can a man be right with God? Well, the problem is God is holy. Write that down in your notes. God is holy. Say it with me. God is holy. The creatures around the throne cry day and night, 24-7, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. He is perfect. He is righteous. He is pure. He is perfectly righteous. He is perfectly holy. He is perfectly pure. There is no blemish in him. There is no way. He cannot lie. He cannot do wrong. He cannot be unrighteous. He is holy. It's just who he is. It's what he is. It's the essence of God is holiness. Holiness. Now, you said, preacher, the first point is a problem. Why is that a problem? I'll tell you why. Because we are sinners. All right? If there's a problem, he's holy and we ain't. I mean, if you want to just be simple and just be plain, he's holy and we ain't. Does the Bible not say, does the Bible not say in 1 John, does it not say, if we say that we walk with him or fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth because God, God is light and in him is no darkness whatsoever. God does not spend time in darkness. God does not spend time in the shade. He is always in the light. And we're, we're broken. We're sinners. 
The Bible says that all have and come short of the glory of God. Since the time of Adam, Adam disobeyed and Adam fell and he transgressed God's word and now we're broken. We're broken. We're messed up. We're messed up. We cannot, listen, we cannot be right with God because we're sinners and he is, he's holy. Now let's, let's clarify this. Let's, just, let's, let's do a little survey here to make sure we're all on the same page. How many of y'all in here are sinners? Some of you are lying. That makes you a sinner, so go ahead and put your hand up. Right? There is none. There is none righteous. No, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, now this is a major problem. This is a ma- oh, but God, He'll overlook our sin. He no, 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 no. He can't. God's never overlooked anything. God's never ignored anything. God's never swept anything under the rug. God's never said, "Let's just act like that never happened." Because He said, "In the day you eat that fruit, you shall surely die." So the wages of sin is. And if it wasn't, then God would be a liar. And God cannot lie, so it must stand. So now we're under condemnation. All of mankind is under condemnation. We're sinners. We're separated from God. We're separated out of relationship with God. But Job says, how can a man be just with God? How can he be right with God? God did not ignore man's sin, but he did something about it. Are y'all with me? Now, how many of y'all would agree? How many of y'all would agree God is holy? All right, no question about it. How many of y'all would agree we ain't? I'm sorry, Miss Jenna. That's just, just, we are not. We are not. I saw the teacher smile on her face. Amen. We are not holy. Okay. Now. Now let's begin the covenant, okay? There's an old covenant, and in it, now we know, we know by, I think, it was, I think it was Sunday night that he went through all the covenants, right? He went through the different covenants. Well, we're going to focus on two, the major two, which is the old covenant, which is the law, what they got at Mount Sinai, right? And, and, and then the new covenant. So, so first we looked at the problem. Now we all agree, now we all agree, before we go any further, we all agree God is holy and we are not, right? Right? So that's a major problem. That's a major problem. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. It is, it is not just difficult, it's impossible. So, what did God do about it? Secondly, look at the past. Say that with me. Look at the, the past. Let's look at the past. Look at Exodus. It's, it's right there in your notes. If you don't have your notes, it, it, it'll probably appear on the screen. But look at, look at this. Exodus 19. Let's look at the old covenant. Now, anytime you see the Old Covenant, you'll understand it's talking about when God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and he brought them to Mount Sinai and he gave them the commandments. Most of us understand it or, or it, it, we are more familiar with the terms of Ten Commandments. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Thou shalt, thou shalt not, right? And he gave them all the requirements that they had uh, the ceremonial requirements and all of those things, all of them at Mount Sinai. Before he ever took them 
to Israel, to the promised land, he said, this is what's required. If you're going to be my people, if you're going to be set apart, if, watch this, if you're going to be right with me, this is what's required. Are y'all with me? Now watch what he says. Exodus 19, 1. Are you there? Say amen. In the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai. For they were departed from Rephidim and were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness, and there Israel camped before the mount. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You've seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bare you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Now here, here's a key, here's a key, here's a key. Y'all paying attention? Watch this verse, verse 5. Now therefore, next three words. Say it again. Say it again. If ye will, obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant. Next three words. Say it again. Say it again. All right, the first three words. All right, we're going to split it right here. All right, split it right here. All right, I see you. I can't see the lights. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. All right, right here. I'm going to split right here. All this side, say the first three words. All this side, say the next three words, okay? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) Do you see how this works? It is an agreement, a covenant. Now, God God tells them, all right, this this is the requirements. And he gives, all of those, he gives all of those commands. If you're going to be right with me, if you're going to be right with me, then this is what it takes. Now, watch this now. Watch this. Everybody stay with me. Everybody stay with me. Flip on, flip on your notes. Flip, flip your notes around so we can get the points real quick. And then we'll come back to it. The old covenant, say that with me. The, old the old covenant, or let's say this, the old agreement. The old agreement. Now remember, let's, 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 talk about, let's talk about a covenant real quick. Real quick. Let's just throw this in here so the people that wasn't here for the whole week, you understand. A covenant was made between two people and it was basically ratified by sacrifices. They would take an animal, a bull, a sheep, a whatever it might be, and they would split that animal and put half on this side and half on that side. And the two making the agreement... The two making the agreement, uh, in other words, uh, uh, Brother John say it was me and you making the agreement. All right? If Brother John did his part, I did my part, then the agreement was, are y'all with me? And we walk between, y'all stay with me because this is really important. We walk between the sacrifices, say, now this was, I don't think he mentioned this, but this is what this meant. Let be done to us. What was done to those sacrifices if we break this agreement? Are y'all with me? And so, so we find, we find this agreement. You've got a part and I've got a part. Y'all with me? So in the old covenant, the old agreement, he is saying, Israel, he's saying, Israel, Okay? In other words, he's saying, if you do your part, I'll do mine. If you obey my word, I will bless you indeed. 
If you disobey, you will die. So what do we see? What do we see in this old covenant? Look what it says. It involved sacrifices. Write that down. Quickly, 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 quickly. Got five hours of stuff in 30 minutes. Come on, people. The old agreement, the old covenant required sacrifices. It involved sacrifices. All right, B. Now, let me say something about that. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Why sacrifices? Why sacrifices? Why, why, why does something have to die? Why does blood have to be shed? I mean, this is kind of weird. This is what the world's thinking. This is, weird. this is a bloody religion. Why are they doing that? Singing about what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood. There's a fountain filled with blood. Oh, that's sick. What, why are they? This is, this is, I'll tell you why. What's the only thing that can defeat darkness? Light. What's the only thing that can defeat cold? Heat. Which is the opposite, right? The opposite. So what is the only thing that can defeat death? Life. Are y'all with me? Let me give you a verse. Let me give you a verse. That's my verse, brother. That's my verse. Look at this verse. For the life, this is in Leviticus 17.11. Leviticus 17.11. Look what it says. For the, come on, the life of the flesh is in the, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the, that maketh an atonement for the, why the blood? Because the verse says for the life. What's the opposite of death? What's the only thing that can defeat death? So it took blood. It took blood. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, in the book of Hebrews, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin because the only thing that can defeat death is life. And life is, listen, the blood is the essence of life. When they go to check on you to find out what's wrong with you, what's the first thing they do? Because your blood tells everything about you because it is the essence of your life. If you don't have no blood, you don't have no life. Whoop, say amen. That's why it required blood. Now here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with the old covenant and the old set of sacrifices. How many of y'all know they brought lambs? And bullocks and calves, and they would bring every year. They had to keep sacrificing and sacrificing and sacrificing. Every year, animals had to die. Why? Because an animal's blood could not take away the sin of man because man sinned, so it required man's blood. But, but through the old covenant, the animal sacrifices covered man's sin. This is how I illustrate it. As I illustrate, when we were building our house, when we were building our house, and I don't recommend that <clears throat> if you're married <clears throat> and want to stay married. Say amen. <laughs> when we were building our house, we, we had an agreement with the bank, and, and as we were building, uh, they just charged us interest. Say that with me. They just charged us. So every month, I had to come pay interest. There was nothing going on the principle. Y'all with me? It was just holding me over to the next month. Y'all getting it? 
It was just, nothing was doing with the main debt. Nothing was going toward the principal at all. It was still there. So as long as that was the case, I had to keep on paying and keep on paying. The debt would never be erased. And see, these animal sacrifices was that. They were paying interest and nothing on the principal. That's why it only covered our sin and never took it Does this make sense? That's all under the old covenant. So it involves sacrifices. B, write this down. It involved conditions. It involved conditions. It involved conditions. If you do this, then I'll do this. If and then, if and then. What's the key words? If and then, if and then, if and then. That's the old covenant. He said, if you'll do this. And by the way, they all said, yeah, we'll do it. But we know they didn't. Okay? So the old covenant involved conditions. Can everybody see this? This makes sense? This simple? Now watch. See. So it was based on performance. It was based on performance. God is saying to the people, if you desire to be right with me, this is what you have to do. Y'all with me? It's based on performance. You have to do this, 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 and this, and you can't do this, 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 and this. Okay? Is everybody with me? We've got a problem. We've got a problem. You see the old covenant, the law. D, it revealed God's requirement for being right with him. And I put, I put out beside it, if you want to do this, please do this. I should have put it, but I didn't, so do it anyway. Put in quotations or, or, or circle it or whatever, how you put the word perfection out there. Perfection. What does God require to be right with him? Come on, everybody. What does God require to be right with him? Everybody say it. What does God require to be right with him? Now, this is, this is so important for all of you people in here that thinking your, your good deeds are going to get you into heaven. If you just be good enough and God's going to measure you good and you're bad when you get to heaven. Well, let me ask you a question. Have you attained perfection? Because if you hadn't, you're, 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 in, you're in bad shape. Because what is required for man to be right with God is complete and utter Perfection. Perfection. We see it in the law. The law is perfect. The law is just. The, the law is holy. The law is glorious. We saw all those verses. Go, go look them up. It is unbelievable. But listen, it was just to reveal God's standard for righteousness or God's requirement to be right with him. And that requirement is perfection. Perfection. And I know what you're thinking. 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 Well, God knows we can't do that. Well, that just seems a little too. Why would God give us rules that he knew we couldn't follow? Okay. Very good question. Because the law was never given to fix you. Because it couldn't. Let me prove it. How many of y'all in here drive? 
Raise your hand. How many of y'all drive on the interstate? How many of y'all seen those little square signs on the side of the road with numbers on them? How many of y'all believe that's suggestions? You know what that is? That's the law. That's the law. Did it fix you? How many of y'all seen wet paint don't touch? How many of y'all did it anyway? Matter of fact, let's just say this. It not only didn't fix you, it incited you to do it anyway. When I see a sign that says, don't walk on the grass, watch me. (laughs) Right? If God knew all that, if God knew all that, if he knew the old covenant, the law would not fix us. Here's the point. It was never supposed to. The purpose of the law was not to get you to be perfect because God knew you wasn't perfect and you would never be perfect. You were broken. You were a sinner. What's the point then? Why did he even give it? To point you to Jesus. Look at the last last sub right here. Say it with me. It shows our need for a Savior. It shows our need for a Savior. All right, here's an illustration. How many of y'all have seen, how many of y'all have seen that commercial? How many of y'all have seen that commercial where the dentist comes in and the guy is sitting there with his mouth gate wide open and the dentist says, man, that's the worst cavity I ever saw. All right, we're good. And the guy says, you're not going to fix it? Nope. I'm just here to tell you you got one. That is the law. It couldn't fix the worst cavity it ever saw. It could just tell us we got one. I wouldn't have known. I wouldn't have known that lust is bad. Except the law said, thou shalt not cover thy neighbor. I wouldn't have known that stealing was bad. Except the law said, thou shalt not. You see where we're going with this? You see, the law was never meant. That's why, that's why keeping the law cannot save you. It cannot save you because you can't keep it perfectly. If you are guilty in one point, you're guilty of all. Because see, here's what some people think. Well, I haven't broken this one. I haven't broken that. I've never killed nobody. I've never stole nothing. I'm a pretty good guy. But that's not the way this works. If you just break one little one, you're a lawbreaker. And one law being broken makes you a sinner. And you drop below the level of perfection so you fall short of the glory of God. Does this make sense? Thank God for the new covenant. The old covenant. The old covenant requires sacrifices. Sacrifices, plural. 
They had to keep on coming. They had to keep on coming. Every year they had to bring another sacrifice. Every year, every day, they, the priests were working. They were working. Remember, they couldn't sit down. There was no seats in the, in the, in the holy place. And they were all continually offering sacrifices to God. Why? Because they were only paying interest and nothing on the principal. So it involved sacrifices. What else did it involve? Conditions. If then, if then, if then. You got to do this and I'll do this. Okay, is everybody with me on that? Now watch this, watch this, watch the new covenant. Let's look at the new covenant. Number three, we see the present. We see the present, Hebrews chapter eight. Man, I love this. But now, say it with me. But now. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry. By how much also he is the mediator of a... What is he saying? The new is better than the... Say amen. Which was established on better promises. What was the old promise? If you do this, then I will do... That's the old promise. That's the old promise. Did they do it? Nope. They broke it. And instead of being blessed, they were cursed. They were taken into captivity. They lost the land. There's been turmoil ever since. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now let's keep reading. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. In other words, if we could all be perfect, there wouldn't be a need for the new covenant. But there was a problem with the old covenant. And the problem was not the law. The problem was the sinner being in, or the flesh being weak, not being able to fulfill the law. Does that make sense? Say amen. Let's keep reading. For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord. Well, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant. They regarded them not. They broke it. Now remember, you remember what we said a covenant was? They would take the sacrifice, split the sacrifice. They would walk both in between and they were both agreeing to do their part. Well, Israel failed to do their part. So it broke the covenant. All right, now watch. Now watch. For this is the covenant that Make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. Put my laws into their heart and write them in their hearts. And be, y'all, y'all seeing something? Seeing something repetitive here? That means something. That means something. It says, I will write them in their hearts and be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me for the least, from the least to the greatest, for... Be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities. Remember, no. Right? Watch this. The old covenant required sacrifices. Plural. The new covenant involved a sacrifice. Which is Calvary. 
You see, the old covenant, it only covered sins. Because the blood of a goat and the blood of a bull, it was impossible for it to take away our sin. Because it was not a blood, or excuse me, a bull or a goat that sinned in the garden. It was a man. And the cause, are y'all with me? The cure had to be in likeness to the cause. So a man sinned, so a man must die. The wages of sin is a man must pay the penalty. It required the blood of a man, not the blood of a bull. The blood of a bull could only pay the interest, nothing on the principle. So when Jesus came, but remember, it could be without spot and without blemish. It couldn't be just any man. It had to be a perfect man. It had to be a sinless man. It had to be a holy man. It had to be a just man and a righteous man. Are y'all with me? It had to be a man who fulfilled the righteousness of the law. And Jesus fulfilled every single detail of the righteousness of the law. Somebody say amen. And when John seen him, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which, say it with me, which not covers, but the sins of the world. Say amen. It's better. Because it didn't cover our sins where we had to bring another one next year. It took it away. You see, the new covenant involved a, come on everybody, it involved a sacrifice. Now watch this, watch this. Listen, the old covenant, the old covenant involved sacrifices, but the new covenant involved a sacrifice. The old covenant involved conditions, if and then, but the new covenant be only one condition. And that condition is faith. There's not an if in the new covenant. There's an I will. And I will. And I will. And I will. I will, I will, I will. You know why God said I will? Because he knew I'd say I won't. Not necessarily I won't, but I can't. God says be perfect. I can't. Be righteous, I can't. Be holy, I can't. I can't live up to that, I can't do that. I don't have the ability. God says I know, so I'll send my son to do it for you. Say amen. Whoop. Faith. Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are ye saved through faith. That not of. Now let's talk about that a minute. Some of y'all are mixed up. Some of you have this idea. You're partly right. You think I got to come to God by faith and faith alone. And that's correct. For by faith are you saved. But because of bad teaching. Because somebody lied to you when you were growing up. They have taught you that after you believe by faith, 
then you got to keep the law or be good to keep it. And if you didn't keep the law, if you broke or got bad after you got saved, then you would lose. And here's the only problem with that. You're not walking between the sacrifices. There's no if and then. There's a I will. So your salvation is not based on performance. It's based on promise. I'm not only saved by grace through faith. I am kept by grace through faith. Feel a little God right there. Y'all need to understand this. Y'all need to understand this. My salvation is dependent on God, but my security is dependent on God. It's all on the promise of God to save us to the uttermost. Not on my goodness. Not on whether I can keep it. We've already, we've already determined we can't keep it. Are y'all with me? Man, this is good stuff. <clears throat> I wish Brother Craig was here to hear this. <clears throat> I hope he ain't watching on the internet, amen. <laughs> All right. It involved a sacrifice. There was only one, come on, there was only one condition, and that condition is faith. See, it's not based on performance like the old covenant. It's based on promise. Over and over and over, you see, I will, I will, I will, I will. Now watch this, D. It fulfilled God's requirement for righteousness. It fulfilled God's requirement for righteousness. Watch this now. This is so important. And we're almost done, so just just stay with me. Don't, Don't be checking up and closing up and just... Stay with me. Romans 8, 1 through 4. There is therefore now no, what? None, zero, to them which are in, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Watch this now. For what the... Come on, for what the? Law say it again. For what the? Law now, what did we say it couldn't do? It couldn't fix us. It couldn't control us. It couldn't change us. The law didn't have the power. It was weak. It could not fix us. It could only tell us we needed some fixing. Y'all with me? Now, watch. In that it was weak through the flesh. Now let me correct what I just said. Let me correct what I just said because I said the law was weak. The law wasn't weak. We were weak not being able to keep the law. Does everybody understand that? All right. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Everybody, everybody, everybody. Y'all paying attention? Watch this. That the... Righteousness, what does righteousness mean? Being right with God. Being right with God. 
that the righteousness of the what is that perfection perfection the law required perfection it revealed the standard of God which was come on which was perfection in other words being right with God according to perfection might be might be in us Watch, 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 watch. This, we'll, we'll, we'll finish it right here. Here's the deal. Everybody look at me. We're, we're closing with this right here. This is what took place. None of us are perfect. None of us could be perfect. We all broke the law. None of us, look at me, everybody. Don't be folding stuff up. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Y'all are so... <laughs> We cannot attain perfection, but it's perfection that's required to be righteous. And here's a problem, because our righteousness, our righteous deeds, in other words, the best we can do is as filthy rags in God's eyes. Isn't that crazy? And see, so when you think you're going to get saved, And you're going to be good enough to keep it. The best you can do is still filthy rags in God's eyes. So nothing. Say it with me. Say it again. Nothing is based on your good deeds. Because you can't do anything good enough. Because the best we can do in God's eyes is filthy. So. We're going to need somebody else's. We're going to need somebody else's. If ours don't measure up, and if the best we can do is still, because God is so holy and we are so sinful, and his holiness and purity requires the standard of perfection, and he is so holy that the best we can do is still filthy rags, then Jesus came, and he lived perfectly. He never lied. He never stole. He never had an impure deed. He never had an impure thought. He lived and completely fulfilled the requirements of the law to be righteous and to be holy and to be right with God. So what's that mean? His account is full. His his righteousness bank is full. Y'all with me? Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. I still got a minute and 22 seconds. Stay with me. Jesus' bank of righteousness is full. Our bank has insufficient funds. And some of y'all are trying to write checks of righteousness that you ain't got no money for. Jesus' bank is because he fulfilled it all. Man, you and me, ours is. So when we put our faith in Jesus, God the Father takes out of his bank and deposits in ours. So every, now watch this, this is the most important part. So every time God looks down at your account, 
to see if you can get in. All he sees is the deposit Jesus made. Ho, 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 ho. Why is this so important? Nothing in your account has anything to do with what you did. So when you think you got to be good after you get saved to keep it, you got to understand, you don't have nothing to put in the account. (laughs) I know this is hard because you've been taught wrong all your life. But what does this truth teach us? What do we learn from this? It's all God. The agreement is all God. Our salvation is all God. Our security is all God. So we should love him even more and appreciate him even more and not worry a bit but rest in his promise. Oh, but preacher, I did something stupid. It's not based on you. It's based on him. And listen, there's enough stupidity in this building to go around. We've all done something stupid. If it was based on that, David wouldn't get in. If it was based on that, Solomon wouldn't get in. If it was, are y'all with me? If it was based on that, Adam sure wouldn't get in. He started all this mess. Mm. I'm standing before God. Not in my deeds. Not in anything I've ever done. When I stand before God, the only thing I'm bringing is what's been put in my account. The righteousness of Christ. You see, here's the problem. Paul said, Romans, he said, my heart's desire and prayer for Israel that they might be saved. He said, they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. They are going about seeking to establish their own righteousness. In other words, they're trying to be good enough to get in. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're in this building and you're trying to be good enough to get in, you ain't never getting in. Well, how do I get in? One requirement. For by grace are you saved through, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. And all God's people see it. How about that new covenant? Isn't that great? Let's give God praise and glory. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Lord Jesus, thank you for your...